Good morning, GRX. It is, it is such a pleasure to be here with you this morning, and the, the Spirit of God is present, and it is so sweet. So I have just so in, thoroughly enjoyed our worship time, and I've been looking forward to coming and worshiping with you again. I'm so grateful for Pastor Scott for inviting me back, and I know uh, along with you I've been in prayer for him as he's been on silent retreat with his group knowing that God is doing some amazing things during this this special time that he's there. You have, uh, knowing that I was coming, I've been listening to your series on Ecclesiastes. Wow, that's a tough book. It's a tough book. You've been on quite a journey with Solomon as he's contemplated the meaning of life and his assessment that that all of life is vanity, all of life is, is smoke. You can't get your hands around it. It's, it's intangible. It's like a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. And in some ways, it's, it's a depressing book at face value. When you read it and, and just kind of go through it, it's, it can leave you kind of depressed. It reminds me of a quote that I heard Um, This gentleman named uh, David Gerald, I think his name is, he says, life is hard, then you die. Then they throw dirt on your face, and then the worms eat you. Be grateful that it happens in that order. (laughs) Imagine having that guy for Thanksgiving. Um, it's, It's hard. Life is serious, and it's hard. And we know we're all going to die. But we also know that Solomon doesn't end there. I have enjoyed Pastor Scott's spoiler alerts, as he calls them. That we know by the end of Ecclesiastes, Solomon concludes that the meaning of life is found in fearing God and obeying his commandments. That, that life is meaningful when we have an awe-inspired reverential relationship with God. So today we are going to continue learning from our teacher, Solomon. As we draw near the close of this book, Solomon has some wonderful insights for us to continue to to chew on and digest this morning. If you would please open your Bibles with me to Ecclesiastes 11. Um, I think it will also be on the screen. Uh, We're going to begin today with verse 9. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9. This is quite a chunk of passage, so we're going to go through. We'll go all the way through 12, 8, and then we will um, open our, our hearts together. Rejoice, O young men, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed 
and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we have so enjoyed being in your presence this morning, and, and already our hearts are opened, and, and we are reflecting on, on your love and your grace, and even from our kid zone, how our relationship changes over time. And so, God, as we now um, open your word together and, and prepare for what it is that you have to say to us this morning, I ask that you would speak to each of us in a special way that you would remove the messenger and that your word would come forth exactly as the way you would have it to and that we would hear you and be faithful to obey. I ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is quite a mouthful, this passage. And at first read, you may be saying, what in the world is he talking about? He has a lot of metaphors and picturesque language and we'll unpack that. Uh, but I want to kind of give you the, the, the kind of the caption or the, the capsule of where we're going this morning. Title of the sermon is simply, Remember. Remember. More specifically, it is, Remember Your Creator. Remember Your Creator. There are two themes related to this idea of remember that we'll be focused on this morning. The first one is to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. And then by extension, the second theme is related and is remember your creator in your mature years, in the years before you die. But before we unpack that, I want to look really briefly again at verses 9 and 10. It kind of sets up where we're going a little bit. Verses 9 and 10, Solomon exhorts the young to enjoy life to the fullest, to go for the gusto, to enjoy it all. But he also gives the caveat to keep in mind that all of those choices have positive and negative consequences. I think the contemporary English version puts it very, very well. It reads, be cheerful and enjoy life while you are young. Do what you want and find pleasure in what you see. But don't forget that God will judge you for everything you do. Rid yourself of all worry and pain because the wonderful moments of youth quickly disappear. Enjoy your life as a young person. I think these two verses are so important for us to to hold on to as wisdom for today. We may believe that our youth are carefree and easy after all. They don't have mortgages or taxes and, and, and what's hard about their lives, we may think. But a recent report from the American Psychological Association reveals some opposite truths that we may need to know about. They did a random survey of over 1,000 youth 
and nearly 2,000 adults. And in this study, they found that teens experienced stress even more than the adults that they tested. On a scale of 1 to 10, the adults were at a 5.1, but the teens were at a 5.8. 31% of those teens reported feeling overwhelmed. 36 reported feeling fatigued and tired. 30% reported feeling depressed due to the stress and the pace of their lives. This study focused on teens, but there are similar studies that show millennials and young families also live under the stress and strain of today's world. I think it can be hard to remember Solomon's words, to enjoy your life in your youth. I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I want to remind us and and encourage us to support one another and to encourage one another, the young people in our lives or other young people in your life, to enjoy this season. We may need to encourage them to find balance in their lives, to seek to do their best, but to recognize they don't have to do it all now. They don't have to have it all figured out now, that they can pace themselves. We have to be careful uh, as as perhaps older people in their lives that that we're not contributing to the stress. You all maybe have heard of helicopter moms or tiger parents that that kind of spend so much energy trying to make sure that their, their children and their youth are the best at the best of the best. It's a lot of stress there. We want them to do their best, but but we may need to be sensitive. We may need to create space to listen to their feelings, hear their hearts, to really encourage them to enjoy this brief, brief season. Those of us who are older know how short that season really is. Perhaps there are some ways that we can help lighten their load and we can remind them to trust God Things will work out. We can guide them, but we can remind them to trust God. That leads us to our next verse, which is where I want to spend most of our time this morning. Verse 12, 1, I see as the hinge, as kind of the swinging gate for this entire passage. It it relates to what Solomon has said before about youth and, and where he's going next, which is to focus on aging. He still starts by talking with youth when he says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. But then he launches into this long passage that is all about aging. He admonishes us to remember our creator while we are young, but to also remember him before the challenges of life steal the joys of youth away. Let's look at these next set of verses because I kind of want to unpack them for you. Um, I love these, though, because Solomon gets very creative and very poetic. Scholars don't even agree on all the poetic imagery, but but we get the main idea of what he's talking about. Picking up the verse at at 12.1, says, Remember also your creator. And then he goes on to say, Before the evil days come, And the year draws near of what you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. 
These evil days that Solomon is talking about, it is not moral evil, but it's the inevitability of aging. The darkening of the sun and the moon and the stars is that fading youthful joy that comes as aging begins to set in. The returning clouds are the calamities and the trials that can seem to come one right after another the older that we get. Then Solomon gets even more picturesque and he goes on to describe some aging realities. The trembling keepers of the house, scholars believe, most likely refers to trembling arms. The bent strong men in this passage, they believe, refers to our legs as they get wobbly when we get older. Grinders that cease because they are few refers to tooth loss. The dimmed windows refers to failing eyesight. Solomon goes on to use metaphors that refer to loss of hearing and the restless and irregular sleep that can come as we get older and and don't sleep as soundly as we used to. As we get older, we can develop fears and anxieties and, and the almond tree blossoming refers to our hair turning gray. And the grasshopper dragging itself refers to walking challenges that can happen as we get older. Solomon gives this big long list and notes that these are all normal parts of aging as we draw closer to death. Then finally in verse 6, you have two sets of pictures of death itself. Again, very poetic and picturesque. The first two pictures is a silver cord attached to a golden bowl. And when the, golden, when the cord is snapped, the bowl is broken beyond repair. The second image is a picture being lowered into a well by a rope that's wrapped around a wheel. And the verse says, when the wheel breaks, the picture is shattered. And again, these two images of death show the fragility and the finality of life. Then finally, in verse 7, we have the final scene. Life is over. We're returned to dust and our spirits return to God. It's pretty dramatic and, and poignant stuff. Again, it's a little depressing, right? It causes us to kind of pause and, and recognize. And we can kind of understand why Solomon says in his last, uh, the last verse 8, vanity of vanities. All is vanity because it can feel that life is just a vapor, nothing but smoke. But embedded in this gloomy and even kind of melancholy soliloquy, I feel, is a truth that is golden. It's a truth that can color everything. Yes, we're going to die, and we all will experience the manifestations of aging to one degree or another, But embedded in these scripture passages we read is a truth that we can easily skip over and miss if we focus on what feels so depressing. It's like a prism that if we catch this nugget, it colors everything, gives meaning and context for the verses both before and after. And I'm referring to what I call that swing, that hinge verse that golden nugget in chapter 12, verse 1, that says, remember your creator. Remember your creator. That changes 
everything. First, what does Solomon mean by remember? Well, the word remember here is not a nostalgic looking back on the good old days and, and, and thinking about the glory days and wishing you were back there. The, the use of the word remember here is an active command. It means to recall, to keep in mind, to think about, to not forget. And it's active in the sense of as you're thinking about and keeping it in mind and, and remembering, respond and act accordingly based on what you are remembering. Solomon specifically tells youth to remember their creator, and and there's some unique qualities that happen when we're young that makes remembering, connecting, um, keeping God in mind relevant when we're young. First, youth are particularly sensitive to God. I love that what feels like almost literally half of the congregation is young people. That just blesses my heart because youth and young people are particularly sensitive to God. Did you know that 85% of those professing Jesus Christ made a commitment to Jesus between the ages of 4 and 14? The percentage drops considerably as you get older. Remembering our creator when we're young allows God to touch a young heart and begin a journey with God that took Solomon a lifetime to wrap his head around. As youth mature, they have lots of questions about life, about their identity, about about critical decisions that they need to make that will shape their entire lives. Remembering our creator when we're young allows God to inform those decisions, guide and shape our maturity. It allows God to to help us understand that our identity is in Christ, not what anybody else says about us. We are reminded of wisdom in the way that we should go as a young person when we remember our creator in our youth. Furthermore, the young have zeal and energy and vision for a better world. We often regard them as idealists. But remembering our creator as a young person allows God to harness that zeal and that energy for the kingdom. Peter, Apostle Peter, quoting the prophet Joel, said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Martin Luther King Jr. was only 34 when he led the March on Washington. 34. He's younger than my oldest son right now. He had the zeal, the energy, and the vision of youth on his side. And he was someone who remembered and walked With his creator. So if you are a younger person, remember your creator in the days of your youth. There is so much wisdom and benefit to walking with God while you're young. Now, lest we think that it's nothing but downhill for us older folk, let's look at the second part of this passage. Solomon writes, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. And then he enumerates all these kinds of troubles that relate to aging. 
But one could extrapolate and extend that remembering our creator is ongoing. It's never too late to remember our creator. Furthermore, I beg the question, what is youth anyway? To some degree, youth is relative, right? There was a a picture that was not able to come up, and so I want to describe it to you. I found this birthday card last week, and I just loved it. The birthday card pictures an older woman, gray hair, kind of small, glasses. You could tell she's a senior, senior woman. And she's driving in a car, and she's, you could see her kind of yelling out the window, and the little, little dialogue bubble says, learn to drive, granny. And it's, it's kind of hysterical because you figure, well, she's a granny, so who is she yelling at calling granny? But the punchline when you open the card says, there's always somebody older. <laughs> and I just love that. And it's, it's a great joke, but it's also a fact of our changing world. Have you heard the phrase that 70 is the new 50 and 50 is the new 30? Have you heard that? Well, that's not just someone trying to do a mind game to hold on to their youth. The International Institute for Applied Systems Analysis is making the case that old age now starts at 74 instead of 65, based on how long... Did I hear somebody say yes? (laughs) I'm saying that too. Um, Based on how long people are living these days. In fact, they even say 74. To say 74 begins old age is not really accurate because longevity varies so much depending on a whole bunch of variables. It's projected that one in seven 65-year-old women and one in 12 65-year-old men living today can expect to celebrate their 100th birthday. How many of you would like to live to 100? I know I would. So youth is kind of relative, but we do mature. I love what, um, what John shared with, with the Kids Zone today about how our relationship changes over time. Youth um, passes, but we can still remember our creator. And there is some, some benefit and some wonderful things to remembering our creator as we mature in our older years. First, older adults have life experience. They know, as Solomon knew, that much of life is out of our control. No matter how well we plan, how, mount, how well we budget, how much we try to think out all the plans, A, B, C's, and D's, that life is often out of our control. Things happen. But remembering our creator as a mature person, we are reminded of how dependent we are on God's guidance and wisdom through the ups and downs of life. We're reminded of how faithful God has been how faithful he is, and how faithful he will continue to be because we have experience. Older adults recognize at some point that they have fewer years ahead of them than they do behind them, even if we do live to 100. But remembering our creator in our mature years gives us guidance and focus as we seek God's purpose in our lives in this season. And as we seek God for the legacy that he would have us share for the kingdom of God. Older adults are particularly aware that life is short. 
and remembering our creator gives us comfort and peace as we watch loved ones transition and as we prepare for our own transition, knowing that this life is not all there is. So the truth to grasp is this. Whatever stage of life we find ourselves, there is wisdom and benefit and joy in remembering our creator. That is to recall, to keep in mind, to acknowledge, to include our creator and then respond accordingly. But what does it mean to remember our creator in our day-to-day busy lives? How do we do this? Well, we can remember our creator by spending time with him, by being aware of his presence around us and in us and through us. One idea is you set your phone to an alert And at a certain time during the day, you pause and just reflect on how have you seen God at work today? Another way we can remember our creator is by sharing and listening to him. Prayer. We can pray whenever, wherever, while you're on the treadmill, while you're in your car, while you're eating a sandwich. We had, not too long ago, we had a a, a retreat at our church and we had a, a silent lunch that we called Eating with Jesus. And we were eating and just talking to God as if we were at lunch together. Just talk to God and listen. Remember your creator. We can remember our creator by learning more about him and and his story and his plan for us through his word. Besides Sunday mornings, there is just so many ways to, to have God's word be soaking in you from day to day. There are podcasts and devotionals and, and scripture texts that come to your email and your phone. In fact, it can get overwhelming. There is so much out there. You can remember your creator. We remember our creator by expressing our love to him, which is praise and worship. My favorite way of doing that is actually in my car. I'm a commuter. I commute to uh, to work every day, and, um, and I love to crank up praise music and give a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I call it joyful noise because I'm not much of a singer, but God and I have a great time in my car. We remember our Creator by obeying His commandments to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Remember your Creator. There are so many ways. Remember your creator in the days of your youth and remember your creator in your mature years. You know, I think that there is one more nugget of truth that is crucial as we remember our creator. I think it's interesting that Solomon refers to God in this text as creator. This is the only time in the entire book of Ecclesiastes that he uses the term creator, and I can't help but wonder why that is. He could have said, remember your God in the days of your youth, but he didn't. He could have said, remember to fear your God in the days of your youth, which is his key theme, but he didn't say that either. I can't speak for Solomon, of course, but for me, the word creator stirred something subtle that I wonder if Solomon was trying to convey as we wrestle with this question of the meaning of life. The term creator describes a relationship. We are intricately and intimately linked to our creator. 
And that's a truth. That's a reality. We belong to God. Our very breath, our very existence is because of God. We are his beloved, precious creations. Remembering our creator reminds us that while it is true we are but dust, our creator is sovereign, almighty, the maker of all things, and had a plan and purpose when he created us. Solomon calls us to remember our creator, but there's even a profound, more profound truth, and that is our creator is forever remembering us. David knew this well when he wrote in Psalms 139, 17 and 18, how precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. We are never out of God's mind He is always remembering us. In fact, that's why Jesus came and died and rose again. To make it possible for God's precious creation, who is separated from God by our willful hearts and our disobedience, Jesus made it possible for us to be reunited with our creator in love. We were always meant to be in a relationship with our creator. And God is always remembering us, even when we choose not to remember him. Life is indeed like smoke without substance and without meaning unless we are reunited in a loving relationship with our creator. When we remember our creator, when we fear God in that reverential awe that Solomon concludes, when we abide in that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, there is no greater joy, no greater peace, no greater purpose, no greater meaning under the sun. So to sum up this morning, remember your creator when you are young, Remember your creator when you are mature and remember that your creator is always remembering you. As we conclude today, Pastor Scott asked me to share some reflection questions for you to think about and journal or for your life groups this week. And I have three. First one is, In what ways are you remembering your creator in this particular season of your life? How are you aware of God? How are you leaning on God? How are you learning from God in this season, be it young or mature? How is God shaping your season? How are you remembering your creator in this season? Second question is, how are you remembering your creator daily? I love, again, John and with the children talked about how we can forget God. 
So how are you remembering your creator daily? What do you currently do? Or what might you start doing to be more mindful of God every day and grow closer to him? And then the last question. In what ways do you see your creator remembering you? I think this is a perfect question as we go into Thanksgiving because basically the creator remembering us is all the things that we're grateful for, all the ways God shows his love and his care is what we celebrate at Thanksgiving. So in what ways do you see your creator remembering you? Remember your creator when you are young. Remember your creator when you are mature. And remember your creator is always remembering you. Let's pray together. Gracious God, like Solomon, sometimes we can look at our lives and it can be sobering. It can feel elusive. You may even feel meaningless. But God, it is just so wonderful to know that you are our creator, that you love us, that you know us each by name, you know the hairs on our head, that we are your beloved creation. And we want to remember you in our youth, in our mature years. We want to grow closer and closer to you. And most of all, God, we are so grateful that you are always remembering us. And we thank you for that. Thank you.